0: Of New York City, welcome to Inwood Artworks On Air. It's where we meet the musicians, filmmakers, writers, dancers, and artists of all stripes who make their home in what we affectionately call upstate Manhattan. I'm your host, Aaron Sims, and today we welcome the co founding directors of the Creating Higher Ground Festival, Temple Camisas and Pablo Francisco Grubucaba. Higher Ground brings Northern Manhattan artists together to network and create interdisciplinary stage-based collaborations, which are produced by the festival and are presented locally during the annual HG Premiere performances. Since their inaugural year in 2015, Higher Ground has brought over 150 artists together through their programming and have produced 27 premiere collaborations, presented free to the Uptown community. Additionally... They have presented over 10 new works and works in progress outside the HGF season. We are going to dive in and talk about all the great things Higher Ground has brought to the Uptown art scene. But first, uh, let's welcome Tempo and Pablo to what Arc on Air. How are you guys? Good to see Hi, you. Hey,
1: thank you for having us here.
2: Yeah, thank you for, for having us. <laughs> and thank you for basically just saying everything we were going to say. <laughs> Perfect. So roll the,
0: roll the roll the roll the credits, folks. And that was Inwood Artworks go. on air. Here, uh, this is a special artist spotlight edition, and uh, you just had it right here. Land speed record for shortest podcast ever. Information
1: done. <laughs>
0: well, um, you don't get off the hook that easy. Uh, so, but, but uh, so let's start back at the, at the beginning of Higher Ground, or or maybe the the, the prequel to Higher Ground, if you will. Um, so, because everyone loves a good origin story. So tell me, you're both accomplished dancers in your own right, without um, reciting the entire bios for both of you, and then having its own podcast, Uh, how did you meet and what sparked the collaboration to bring this together?
1: We actually met at a Limon Gala. As you know, Pablo um, was the principal at Limon for 20 years. Oh, I don't. You were with Limon 20 years at yeah, yeah, I
2: was with the Jose Limon Dance Company for 20 years. And it essentially danced every principal role? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was fortunate enough to do a lot of Jose's own roles. So I did the Morris Pavan, I did the Outspader, all of those things. And uh, we were having one of our galas. Mm -hmm. When Miss is here.
1: uh, I came with uh, one of my friends, and that's where we met. And we became friends. Yeah. And then we always take classes together and knew each other from the community, the dance community. Um, Yeah. And then I got a crazy idea. (laughs) So... Actually,
2: the the story is cool about needing a partner and then finding somebody
1: right in front of you. So actually, here's an A-Train story. Um, I was on the A train, 59th to 175th at the time, in desperate need of finding a dance partner because my other one could not commit to the dates, could not do it. And it was like, time is of the essence. We have to figure this out. So I'm sitting there on the entire ride up, like, okay, who can I think of in my like, group of dancers? Who can I think of? Who can I think of? And couldn't think of anyone. I was getting really stressed. And then right before, actually right at 175th, I was going to 181st, I look, I turn to the left and look, and there's Mr. Lloyd Knight sitting there. <laughs> He's a,
2: a soloist, a, a principal dancer with the Martha Graham Company.
1: And a friend and colleague, and I was like, Lloyd, <laughs> what are you doing on this date? Can you do this pas de deux with me? It's with Henny Ribsum and he was like, oh, I've worked with Henny, and oh yeah, I, I'm on tour, but I can get back, and there's time, and... So that worked out, I was like, and then it was, I was just like, you know, there's amazing artists up here. Washington Heights and Inwood at the time was the original concept, and I was like, this should be celebrated more, like, if we all come together, we can create amazing art and um, just share it with community. But it was from that like small moment of just A-train. <laughs> yeah, That's
2: <laughs> so. the basic origin, and then she, she approached me with this idea, and I thought it was amazing. And then we we really came to realize that, and as you know, a huge percentage of of active artists in the city of New York live up here, and we all kind of travel south to do our thing. Um, So we realized that there is a massive number of artists that are at a very high caliber that live up here and that... I mean, I did not know that Lloyd lived up here, which means that I don't know that a lot of people that I work with live up here. And so we thought, wouldn't it be fantastic if we brought these people together to network, Mm -hmm. to get to know the neighborhood, to collaborate amongst themselves, and then we can present what they come up with. So our whole mission is to create to kind of bring together people uptown, have them meet, collaborate, network, and create up here, and also perform it up here, where you know there aren't that many theaters, there aren't that many uh, opportunities for, for the public to see.
0: Yeah, you get the feeling this wouldn't quite work in like Dubuque, Iowa or something no. like that yeah. nothing against the people the good people at Dubuque. <laughs> but uh but to your point though it's like i think there is um such a bastion of talent mm-hmm. here and yeah you'll, you'll you'll be on the subway late at night or at least you were in pre-pandemic times yeah. and yeah. saying oh isn't that so-and-so from that show i mm-hmm. didn't know they lived up here or yeah. whatever it is and uh, they go up at the same stop and they go to a building near your building or or in the same building for instance sure. It's pretty amazing how um, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Pablo. I, like it deserves to be celebrated how ridiculously talented people in this community. And I'll further uh, champion your sentiment about you know about placemaking up here, and mm-hmm. that there is no um, dance hall proper. There is no theater. There is no. Um, there's not even a classroom to take dance up here, let alone uh, re- rehearsal. So much. I mean, there are couple. Uh, those, well, I yeah. will say, you're right. You're right. A dance Project of Washington Heights for sure uh, mm-hmm. does a lot. And
1: there's um, a there's a couple more that I've just from my research. Oh though, yeah, because we do donated, um, like we ask for donated space from the community. So I've constantly been like just. So you're them. More. Yeah. Very we're, good. Yeah,
0: we're we're digging the. You're digging them up. Yeah. Yeah. well. I think it's fantastic Mm -hmm. what you're doing, and um, it's been since 2015, right, is when it began, Um, so uh, as I mentioned, you know, you focus on presenting, I'm going to pull this out, quoting interdisciplinary stage-based collaborations locally Mm -hmm. here in North Manhattan, so can you interpret for our listeners what that means?
1: So I go back to the Ballet Russe concept, (laughs) another (laughs) basic idea of higher ground. Which is it's not just a ballet, you know, and higher ground is actually not just dance based, it's just we receive a lot of dance, but I've always loved the idea of the ballet roots with, with Balanchine doing the creating the choreography, then you have Stravinsky with this incredible music, and you have Chanel doing the costumes, and um did Picasso do no. Yeah, yeah, Picasso yeah, does yeah, the yeah. costumes. Yeah, or yeah. But you know, like just these incredible minds coming together to create a stage-based collaboration. Um, And so that's where Higher Ground also wanted to pull from and also to make artists think outside the box of their own talent, their own discipline, and really kind of push their creative concepts. Like um, with Blank Space is a perfect example. By Julia Begson. You were in it yourself um, as um, the opening actor, I, yeah. president, I think, uh, um, political leader. Authoritarian, if Authoritarian. you will. Dictator, whatever. whatever. Um, Tyrant,
0: <laughs> what, whatever. There you go. But, whatever Julia said it was. You know, <laughs>
1: seldom do you see um, a work that is ballet heavy, but with narration. Yeah. You know, with talking, um, except if you're in the old musicals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, And with incredible visual art, Um, the costumes were done by Laura Miller. Um, The writing was done by Samara, I'm not gonna think of her name right now, I'm gonna cry about it later. But it was a beautiful higher ground collaboration. You know, just because it pushed, you know, how can these artists contribute and made it very unique because it was a creative um, experiment. So.
2: Well, and adding to that, the, the concept of stage-based, which is something that we mm-hmm. kind of um, came up with together, <clears throat> is distinct because it is to be performative, which was really interesting at the very beginning because we had a lot of people come to us and say, I am a visual artist, or I am a, a weaver. <laughs> I mm-hmm. doing weaving or I, I'm, I'm not somebody that does performing. And that was exciting because the point is to utilize each craft in a way, have the artist maybe conceptualize the, the niche of their work in, in a way that would maybe extend into a slightly other realm. So we blur, we blur the line between the different disciplines. Mm-hmm with the product being something that we can present. And we've had beautiful work. What was mm-hmm. the work with um, uh, with Rachel and Uniqua?
1: Um, ooh, you're doing that to me right now.
2: Yeah, we've had a lot of pieces, but... Is
1: something a journey or something? Else? The description
2: was that somebody read a poem while playing a guitar to the poem. At the same time, we had a visual artist painting the impressions roots. of what she was... Was it Roots? Roots. It might be Roots. Of what she was listening to. So, so, you, so the audience could see the process of creation through the process of inspiration simultaneously, which is something that they're not really that privy to. You know, you tend to see the result. So you tend to see a painting that's done and you don't really know what, where it, 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 is, it sprung from. And you, you, you see a, a person with a guitar telling a story and it's just a story and it might process the way that process it to you, but to see it kind of influence another form, I thought that was a very successful
1: And one. to watch a visual artist work on a time crunch. Yeah.
0: It was Rachel Blackman, wasn't it? That's who it was. Rachel Blackman. Rachel
1: Blackman. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and Uniqua and Sim- would practice that painting a few times to get her timing down to complete it in time with um, Rachel's performance. Well,
0: uh, I think it's fascinating. Mass- I think I think as well, I think process is fascinating, and and welcoming people into that, and I think it should. Well, oh, we'll find out, but you know, every every diff- every different performance is unique into itself. Okay. So and how it informs. So some people are really into that. Some people just want to see the end of the thing, and they just want to see a painting, which mm-hmm. is totally fine too, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's really interesting. I just wanted to point out to people who perhaps are discovering your work now on this podcast is that. Um, there isn't per se a professionally like, proper. I put that in quotations, whatever that means. Dance company and an like, uptown dance company. It's like this is what we do. We used to dance. That's it. And uh, and part of that is venue oriented and things mm-hmm. like that. But uh, well, that's a whole different conversation. But I. But the point is that you know you both come from this uh, professional dance background, and yet you chose to to, to take this methodology of. Uh, of bringing together uh, disparate art forms and to try to create something that perhaps doesn't have a map to it. Mm-hmm. That perhaps um, you have an idea, you have, you know, this is how we're going to do things, but it's great n- not knowing the end result mm-hmm. and, and, and being okay with that and, and, and being, as you just said, uh, amazed by, by what you come up with.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we also think of, um, especially, I think, coming from the dance world, where so many times, you know, you have a choreographer that has a concept and just pulls music from the archives of, you know, Spotify or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still, in a way, incomplete to their vision because they're kind of choosing music that, okay, this will work, right? It's as if it, it's yeah. just
0: tried and true.
1: Yeah, but as opposed to something that they're actually really feeling will create the piece and the identity of the piece. Um, same with, like, costumes. You know, okay, well, this leotard skirt, this will work, but it's not true or to the piece completely. You know, it's just kind of added at, because it, they don't have another option. Um, so we, I mean, we, as Higher Ground, we feel each artist, is a missing puzzled piece to a collaboration that gives it a very true, unique identity. And that's another part of it, is giving these artists a chance to really fulfill their vision of a collaboration without it being like, okay, we'll just use this, or we'll just do, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's when, like, we, when we have whole, like, the costumes created by music, created a new composition, all of this. is just like goosebumps <laughs> for us. Well, it's
2: also um, yeah, and to continue that thought, there are also processes in which. Um, well, I was fortunate enough to work with with choreographers that did have music commissioned for their work, and at the end, the as you say, the the, the audience will see a product, but I was I was always fascinated by the process, so you know, having a piece made for a piece of dance or having a piece of music created for a piece of dance, or even vice versa, which is we have had the mm-hmm. process where the dance, kind of the choreographer, kind of guides the conductor along. Uh, it seems to me that they have equal value and they should be respected equally. Uh, same with, with costume designs that are made mm-hmm. for this vision. So each piece that you see on a stage is the product Of so many voices coming together. And I'm always very interested in A, the process of collaboration, and B, the idea of giving proper credit to all creators. Because, you know, you see a ballet, and a lot of people will just see the dance and be very moved by the dance, maybe the music. But it's hard to know, like, what the technician does. It's hard to know, like, what the shoemaker does because, because some dancers have their shoes like made for them. You know, it's hard to know how many puzzle pieces mm-hmm. have made this photograph. So um our mission is to try to bring as many of these people together and give them their credit. You Which know?
1: also lends itself to the community building aspect and the networking of yeah. higher ground, because people get stuck in their oh, I'm a dancer or a musician or, you know, their community of artists, which, of course, you will, you know, if you're working with them day in, day out. And they don't get to reach into other pools of art, of people. And that's where Higher Ground has... I think we have actually achieved that mission of really creating a network of all artists for people to pull from, to be like, oh, I want a composer. Oh, wait, Higher Ground knows here's some composers yeah. I met or visual artists or...
2: Or an um, alto saxophone player, or whatever, <laughs> like a random thing. I'm still looking for a balloon artist. Yes. Since 2015, I've been looking for a balloon artist to do What's sets. Well, you know, that
0: folks. Games. You know where to go. If you're <laughs> a balloon artist <laughs> out there. Yeah. So. Pablo is patiently waiting. <laughs> I mean, we had a, ma- <laughs> a magician. Yeah. And that was so the first year. That's pretty cool.
1: Harry yeah. Mendel. Oh, I know. Oh, I know Harry. Yeah. he's yeah. Great. great.
0: Yeah. Um, so switching slightly from the processes on stage to the processes off stage uh, on the business side of things um, I think it's really interesting that people know how, as you're saying what goes into actually putting it together so people don't get to see what goes into the actual enabling yeah. the people to create so there's a whole back layer yelling
1: at a computer It's
0: well, <laughs> short Please do speak to how you operate the I think it's great to give people, particularly for those who generated, who have their own self- generative ideas for companies and want to collaborate. Uh, I think it's always interesting to hear about um, the process of so how do you operate the festival to keep it move, move it forward and also um, why you chose the model you did and maybe if you, a little bit of a balance sheet to are the financial term of like where are you now with it? How, do you think, has it served you well? Do you, would you do something slightly different? Um, and, and maybe,
2: where are you looking to go forward with it?
1: I'll let you go on this one.
2: All right. Um, well, there's a lot of questions in your question. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we, can look at, uh, we can look at it as um, from a financial point of view. So the, the, the festival operates actually on a, on a kind of a shoestring budget. Mm-hmm. We we have been fortunate enough to uh, run a few uh, what do you call those things uh, social campaigns campaign um, crowdfunding yeah. campaigns that have been successful. We have had uh, you know beautiful grants that really come through from from various organizations in the city, and. Uh, you know, healthy, uh, healthy contributions mm-hmm. from... Uh, but we're
1: always people. looking for more. Well, we are always looking
2: for more. <laughs> and Temple, where could they of, go?
1: <laughs> CreatingHigherGround.com <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: Yes, please, CreatingHigherGround.com, creating <laughs> go to the donation page, anything will help. But to that end, uh, one, of, one, of the things, one of the things that we do is we actually pay the artists.
0: What a concept. Artists are entrepreneurs and yeah, merchants. We, we pay
1: well, the attention. projects. Project stipends. We, well, yeah, we
2: we we give each one of our collaborations a small stipend, mm-hmm. which I, I realize that, especially in dance, if you want to get your work seen and you want to be part of a festival, many times you actually have to pay to be in the festival. And this is something that is kind of different to that structure. However... There is a difference between the festival that you pay for and the festival that you get money for. We're we're asking for an entirely original and collaborative work. Most festivals, what they say is, wow, I really like that piece you did about chili dogs and rain. That was my favorite one, actually. That that was awesome. Uh, And I would like to put that in my festival. Would Would you consider coming in? The piece is completed. It's brought on. We say, I really like the body of your work. I really, uh, we really are convinced by the vision that you presented to us as a collaboration. So then we would like to fund and produce that. Mm -hmm. Now, we don't know ultimately what we're going to get. So it's always kind of a dice. Well, we check in. Well, yeah, but but the thing is that... In the end, yeah. The thing is that it's a completely new thing. So, um, You're not the artistic director of the experience, the artists are themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we give the artists as much freedom as, as we can. Of course, we will monitor certain things. It is, a, uh, it is a free and family-friendly event. So, you know, there are certain... There's guidelines. Guidelines, thank oh, yeah. you, that's the right, <laughs> that's the right. And um, so for that, we are involved in that way. But our purpose is to give the artists as much respect as much freedom and as much ownership of their work as possible. So that that is how we handle that side of it. Uh, we produce once a, once a year.
1: Once a year. with We try to add extra um, side opportunities for artists yes. also once, like here and there. Um, like when United House is doing the Lobby Series, we love that, to give opportunity to artists additionally from higher ground. But our big festival is once a year. Once a
2: year. Now, the, The intellectual property is the artist, which means that they have the freedom to go and produce and grow and put this piece in other places.
1: Which we love seeing. Yeah, which
2: is fantastic. That's the purpose. Now, they own their work. We don't own it. We only request that they put, you know, first premiered at Higher Ground such a year, such a year. So we don't take anything from them. We give them as much as we can. And whenever they a project grows and presents somewhere else. We're very proud of it Mm -hmm. because it means that we've achieved part of our mission. Now, there is another part to your question, which is socially how. What is the infrastructure? And for that, I will take it to Temple, and she will talk about our meet and greets.
1: (laughs) Oh, meet and greets? Is that part of it? Our meet and greets are, at the beginning of the year, we do artist meet and greets. So this is Um, the
2: networking part of the... mm
1: -hmm. And that is held at different um, locations, different establishments throughout the northern Manhattan area. So 181 Cabrini, um, whom else on the top, the top of my head? LaKayla. T- um, T- hmm, who? Uh, the Weimark. Tonight. Tonight, which is sadly closing. So, But several, like we tried to spread it from Harlem to up to northern Manhattan, like to Inwood, you know. And we give them opportunity to, the artists opportunity to meet, also to connect with the community, to, with the neighborhoods, and see these new establishments maybe to them and give them a little money, business, interest. Um, this year, or the last two years, because of COVID, we've done Zoom um, meet and greets, however, which the artists loved because it was more yeah. intimate. I did, it was speed dating for artists. Yeah. We broke <laughs> but, them up into rooms and only had
2: fifteen minutes and then we yeah. had them mix up
1: again. um but we did still bring in local businesses to offer discounts for delivery to help their um, get more business or um Boonie was awesome yeah. giving a talking about their performance opportunity um, yeah, I mean, are we answering your question? <laughs>
0: uh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, me, listen, let me, let me no, I, I as I said before to you, there is no wrong answers. Yeah. It's, just, just, it's just, it's just, like, listen. It's about um, you know, you're talking. Yes, you are. You're talking about the goings on, and you know, you in a in a Broadway, mm-hmm. not the Broadway, but broad a broader oh, sense a broad way, No jazz answer, but, <laughs> um, or, or or save it for the show. But um, but you're saying, but no, you're talking about infrastructure in a sense of programming infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Yes, and saying like you're setting the table for um, you know you're building community, as you said, Temple, before, as, like, uh, I call it engagement. Mm-hmm. You're doing enga- community engagement events that will feed into, you know, possible collaborations that will hopefully maybe come to fruition for the festival. Mm-hmm. Maybe, some
1: but how we get it done...
0: That's exactly ...is
1: right. ripping out hair, uh, yelling at the computer. Yelling I gotta tell y'all, you know, I love the collaboration aspect of it. I can tell you that over and over. But when you have to credit all the artists for a collaboration on each social media post. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Admin is
0: <Lordy>. <laughs> Admin is tough. It really is. People have people, and that's, thanks for, I think you put the, the dot on, the, on the, the end of the sentence here with the question, because it is. It's a labor of love. And if you think Temple and Pablo are getting rich off this, you're sadly wrong. Um, there's no. a lot of there's a lot of passion that mm-hmm. goes into it um, from uh, being founders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, usually, there is a you know an emotional manifesto that comes with uh, creating something, and um, and I think that's why it's very interesting uh, that you share your experience with people uh, coming as artists first. Mm-hmm. You you didn't come through like you know the Wharton School of Business and then mm-hmm. decide you know what I think it'd be great to do something dancers and actors and, and magicians and, and balloon people.
1: I will say, you know, I was an event manager for nine years, and that's really what gave me the confidence to move forward into being a co-founder of a festival because I had to organize a lot of big events, caterings, this and that. So, um, But I also would have to organize um, our restaurants participation participation in um, fundraising events, like the big, you know, um, what's Autism Speaks and all these that do great work for these organizations and celebrity chefs come in and the restaurants donate 500 portions or whatnot. But by being just like a little person in the big um, architecture of those events, I saw, okay, yeah, there may be one person involved or in charge, but they're trickling down all these tasks And that's what makes an event happen. It doesn't have to all be on you. You know, you get help, you get people to organize and make the event possible. One event is a bunch of people contributing.
0: Well, I think you've done a good job of of attracting people because it's an annual festival, uh, Mm. virtually um, this year and Mm -hmm. last year. And um, who wants to tell the story about uh, being a virtual festival this year and then maybe
2: not virtual for one performance? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah that was actually that was fantastic yeah um, so we are lucky enough to have a performance space that is quite beautiful and that is temple's own terrace um and we have a beautiful view of the river and it's a great mm-hmm. framing and if you go to our um i guess our broadcasting channel, spot oh yeah yeah you'll, you'll see last year's and some of this year's and you'll see the outside. It's, it's quite lovely.
1: So um, for the pandemic, my fiance Derek Rosenbeck, and I created Arts on Air, which live streamed. We called ourselves the Speakeasy Lincoln Center of Washington Heights. Um, but we, he taught himself how to broadcast, how to live stream. And so when high ground needed to go virtual, it was just a natural um, thing to do. <laughs> but, so we did go virtual. Um, but then, because it's outdoor, it's a terrace, there's always threat of rain. Yeah. And for Flutie Loops this year, there was major threat of rain until I said, okay, let's change it, let's go. And then it kind of dissipated.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> and, well, what happened was that um, Boonie Coffee had uh, very graciously opened their doors to artists. And they have a, um, they have a small stage. And it happened that Fruity Loops is a collaboration of I guess it's spoken word no, and... No,
1: it's flute and um, electronic flute and music. Yeah. And it is actually our first solely music collaboration. Yeah. Wow. Which so we've never had.
2: it happened that the day that we were very threatened by this hurricane-like weather, uh, we were not willing to produce outside because, as you know, if you get this stuff wet, that's it.
1: Especially, like, the flutes, the electronics. Like, um, yeah. Neil is... Um, Zara Law, Law, Lawler, I'm sorry, Zara, you know it's going to happen forever. Lawler? Lawler. I can't yeah. do it. Southern. <laughs> and Neil Rolnick. And he has this big computer set up, you know, and One Drop. and. I know very well. Yeah.
2: So um, so we, we set it up at Cafe Booney, um, and it, it was, was fantastic. We had our, our virtual on-site <laughs> not outside, but indoors, and that is something that is very compelling to me. Mm-hmm. Congrats
0: on being able, to, again, I, I, I thought it was a perfect segue to ask the question coming from the management side of things, of like, you think it's easy, so you want to be a producer, kid, you think it's easy, <laughs> and it is tough, you're yelling at the computer, and then you're yelling at the radar, Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, and, you, and then you make a call. Or Weather Channel or and
1: AccuWeather, because they're you know, never the same.
0: They're never the same. <laughs> the same. Yeah, try weather.org if you can sometime. But, uh anyway um but i I think there's so much that goes into presenting mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. and so i but I will say this the on the positive end of things. It was your first in person show in two years,
1: yeah, so yeah. Th- at
0: least it yeah. gave you that on the on the on the sunny side while to they're to
1: yeah, a, a big shout out to Booney for having an incredible setup up they're, they're well said all you artists ready to perform, reach out to them Their are set up their stage is beautifully done yep and Derek for figuring it all out and the live stream because there was some um, to make the sound work especially for Neil's work um, and to be able to capture live stream was a, a big scratch on the head yeah. at the moment.
0: Well, I, I think it's fantastic and um, and just uh, going back to what you said earlier and then also with this too, um, you've had about I don't know between five and seven collaborations a year I think between mm-hmm. your yes. festivals. Um, are there any particular collaboration creations that have come out of the festival that have gone on to have different lives?
1: Um, yes, uh, I know Julia is very active in um, progressing her work. Um, Blink Space went on to do performances. And then the
2: Giving Tree piece. What is that called? It um, was. A, it was our first. Was it our second year? Right, 2016.
1: Don't do this to me. <laughs> but you can just say yes. Yes. <laughs> and the, and the, the, the issue what grows is, on trees?
2: What grows on trees? And that piece was based <laughs> on the giving tree, and it had um, shadow shadow puppetry, shadow, shadow. Play, play, which was very hard to do. And we learned very quickly that you can't do shadow play during a daytime performance. No. You so can't we do that. we have we have been learning learn. as we progress. Sure. But that piece had several manifestations, and she grew it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that is kind of our point. We've had dancers that connect with choreographers and are still mm-hmm. part of their dance company. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So which yes. always is great. Which That's awesome.
1: Um, we've also had artists who met one Higher Ground season, and then and they didn't work together, but then came back the following year. and was like, Hey, no, I actually, you were really intriguing. I want to. Work with you. I'm. I'm sorry. I can't think of off the top of my head what other pieces have gone on. I think Sphinx Dances did. I mean, several have. I just unfortunately off the top of my head can't think of it. That's
0: all right. So at <laughs> the Higher Ground website, I'm sure they'll put things up there. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we do. Go there. to our
1: go to Facebook on that because we always try to display when a uh, Higher Ground each, oh, we call it HG Premiere mm-hmm. is being performed for another time.
0: Cool. Um. Uh. And put a button on the digital aspect of it all um, or maybe not uh, do you foresee the festivals staying digital in some respect with uh, I mean it, I know we're still in the thick of it with Delta variants coming up and people are now saying whatever normal means won't exist until spring of 2022 in some mm-hmm. respects when it comes to uh, presenting live performance so I was just curious what your thoughts are and and what you've learned through the digital world with with everything and seeing if you would want to keep that as a part of higher ground in some way.
1: We've been discussing it. I think the the hard part about this is when we go back to parks, which we will do, um, is figuring out the Wi-Fi, the internet connection to do a, a, a successful live stream because it takes a lot as you probably know. And so is getting the technology and um, investing in that technology to make it possible or bringing in someone who has the equipment and then we rent for a day. But it's just, you know, you can't just hop onto any Wi-Fi, you know, to live stream, connect right with that Ethernet cable.
2: You need a dedicated,
1: dedicated line, yeah. bandwidth. Yeah. But we w- CRM we has to be yours. Yes. We would
2: have to invest in the right technology to do that. Yeah. Um, but the, the notion is that we do want to go back to a live performance, and at the same time, be able to live stream it mm-hmm. to reach even more people. Uh, the, the issue is that we we do performances for free, open to the public in, well, up until now, Fort Tryon Park and Loftus Playground. So it's for everybody, families. We have a lot of families that come, and, and we're starting to have a, a fan base that mm-hmm. comes for the festival, which is always great. Um, so what we're, what the challenges that we faced this year, say, talking about like the variants was the fact that because you're doing a live festival, you still need changing And we do have these big tents that we utilize, but of course that has people in close contact. So that was one of the considerations that kind of led us to doing a digital festival again this year. Um, Parks and recreations, their protocol, you know, had certain things and that was shifting, that were shifting throughout the year. And because we need to give up, because again, the work that we present is completely original, we must give our artists time to create. So it was hard for us to wait to see if by any chance on such a date it was okay for. So um, we're hoping that 22 2022 will let us kind of come back to some sort of normality. But we've learned that keeping it digital is also great because we can reach people outside the community. And, uh, and there's some more planning mm-hmm. around that.
0: Well, yeah. I think you're doing great work and I hope more people find your work. And um, I just wanna thank you both for taking the time to be, as, be with us here today. And, and could you tell people where to go to find your work
1: You can go to creatinghigherground.com as our website, Higher Ground Festival on Facebook, Higher Ground NYC on Instagram, and our YouTube, I believe, is Higher Ground NYC. Yeah. And also Arts Arts on on Air. Air. And Arts on Air. Um, YouTube Arts on Air NYC for the 2021 festival right now. Very
0: good. Well, again, listeners, uh, you can find um, some links in our description of this episode. Uh, oh,
1: because when this is going to air next week, maybe? That's the idea. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to pin it on That's you. the idea. But our campaign to raise money for the 2021-2022 festival is happening now. You can go to our Facebook page. You can go to our website, our Instagram, and donate it in September 10th.
2: Very good. Anything. Anything will help.
0: Because yeah. they, uh, they are a charity, yes? Yeah. Yes. Public charity. So that means tax-exempt donations for mm-hmm. your taxes this year so keep that in mind when you and give and give healthily to them so uh thanks again temple and pablo for being here thank you for the opportunity Uh, sure thing thank you so much and uh this is Inwood artworks on air it's where we meet the musicians filmmakers writers dancers and artists of all stripes that make their home here in upper manhattan if you have a moment please show us some love right now and rate and uh, review this podcast an apple podcast that really does help uh, many thanks to Hudson View Gardens here for hosting us and to HeightSights.com for uptown promotional support. Be sure to follow us on social media at Inwood Artworks on all our social channels to keep up with what we do, which includes the Inwood Film Festival, Filmworks Alfresco, Filmworks Alfresco, up of art galleries, live performances, and so much more. You can support on-air and all of our programming by heading over to inwoodartworks.nyc and making a tax-free donation. Uh, thank you so much. and InwoodArtworksNYC. This program is supported in part by Public Funds, New York City Department of Cultural Affairs, in partnership with City Council. From the top of Manhattan and the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for tuning in. This is Aaron Sims for Inwood Artworks on Air.